The A-team officiating camp will be May the 5th, 6th, and 7th, and we will also bring in replay this year and clinicians from the NFL, the FBS, the FCS, and Division II level conferences. I want to throw out too much just yet. The A-team officiating camp website is at ateamofficiating.com. The Unofficial Lounge with Ashante, Craybon, and Monty. We're here to give you the insight into some of the biggest plays you remember involving the people wearing the stripes. We look at the grit it takes to become an official while exploring the history of officiating with the people who made it. It's more than black and white. On this episode of the Unofficial Lounge, we talk to Big Ten referee Reggie the Ref Smith. He talks about a book from the late Chad Brown that changed his life. The book's called Inside the Meat Grinder, an NFL official's life in the trenches. You know, he, uh, you know, that book, you know, got him in a little bit of hot water, as, as we know, but... His hot water, it inspired me, you know, and I'm sure I'm, if it inspired me, it inspired some others as well. So, you know, it's like I read that book in 48 hours. And, you know, but one of the parts that I, you know, remember about it was the very end where he talked, spoke about the camp. You know, he mentioned all the stories. You got to read about this game, that game, these players he, you know, been in, you know, Red Cash and Jerry Markbright, some of the referees he'd worked with. But when he talked about the folks who, you know, put on this camp with them in the back of the book, that was like, okay, you know, he's mentioning it. You know, otherwise, I wouldn't have known who Chuck was at that point. You know, but again, it was the referees that I knew, guys like Johnny Greer and, you know, people like that who were involved. And again, he was back east, so, you know, he helped me out immensely. But, you know, it was like being able to meet those guys. It was like being awestruck. You know, it's like, okay, man, look at these guys. Hell, they made it up here to this level. Everybody, welcome back to the Unofficial Lounge. We are joined today by The Voice. Come on, people. I I don't care who you are. We are joined today by the voice of college football officiate, Mr. Reggie the Ref, Big 12 official. Now, now, oh, don't, don't, don't start it. Don't start the clap yet because Reg the Ref, I know we was dealing with a pandemic and everything else, but this young man just switched over to the big... 10. It's a little colder, but this guy is still doing what he do. He is the voice of college football officiating, Mr. Reggie. Welcome to the unofficial line. Glad to be here, guys. Thank you for having me. Glad to, you know, finally be able to catch up with y'all and sit down. Hey, man. Y'all don't know how hard it is for us to get Reggie. He's a school PR person. Real savvy, so he had to work it with the conference. Right, we went so through approvals. We, yeah, we had to get approved, so that lets right. you know we official. Anybody asking us, "Hey, how y'all do the show?" We had to submit the questions that we ask, talk talk to Reggie about to so he can get approved to be on the show. So that lets you know we ain't no 
rinky-dink organization over here. That's it. So all you Big Ten officials that I didn't send the request out to, no we didn't got the man on. No so excuses. No more excuses. No, excuses. no more excuses. So welcome, Reggie, the voice. Hey, Reg. We, Craven, want to. I know Craven. Go get to it. I, go I, ahead. Go ahead. Head. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna start. I was gonna start with how you get started, but we we gonna. Oh we're gonna no do no it in no! Reverse. We gonna do this in reverse. What 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 did you call it, Ashante? I'm gonna do what? I don't know what. But reverse chronological order. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> reverse chronological order. All right. We but we gonna start out right now, Reg, because a lot of what we talk about of the unofficial lounge is having our family, and everybody involved. So now we know it's a podcast, so this may come mm-hmm. out depending on when we get on Monty's butt and when this will come out. But you just officiated the Black College Football Hall of Fame game. I don't want to talk about the game. I had an opportunity to see you on Facebook, which a lot of people do, but you had your son, your daughter there, your wife there, how is it to have your family a part of your officiating experience now? Oh, it's been great. Also had my mom there. So, oh, uh, well, yeah. hey, even and better. Exactly. Even better. No disrespect to the wife. And no, I'm, exactly. I'm, 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 I'm looking behind <laughs> me to make sure my wife ain't in here don't get right hit. now. Right. I'm not trying to get beat up. <laughs> uh, but she don't, listen to, she don't listen to the podcast. But let me tell you. Ain't nothing better than having your mama at the. Ain't nothing better than having your mama at the game. This is it, and you know it's rare for me because you know obviously being in the Big Twelve, you know with the exception of West Virginia, which you know was my home game, you know I didn't have the opportunity very often. So, uh, you know to be again within you know an hour and a half of of the game, you know from you know literally where I grew up, where my mom's able to make it, you know wow. was great and. You know, my family all came out together, so made it very, very special to, you know, have those opportunities that, you know, formerly, you know, were very, very, you know, few and far in between. Okay, so you had the opportunity to have mom there. But how was it to have your kids on the sideline pregame with you? I mean, that just I haven't had that experience yet, and I'm waiting for it to have the opportunity to have, uh, you know, my little ones on the side. But how was it? you know, pregame to have your kids on the sideline, even if it was a quick photo op. It's not like, you know, you had yeah. a game to do. You was working. Absolutely. I mean, so, you know, quickly, you know, what you do and the security, you know, people are great. Event staff are great enough to recognize you, say, hey, would love to be able to bring my family on to take a couple of quick photos. And, you know, one of those deals is, you know, I, I had the moments, you know, my, you know, when I was younger where, you know, today's playground is here, there, everywhere. And those were great individual photos. But now you get to a point where you want to be inclusive. And, you know, anything that's, you know, that's a stone throw away Canton from Pittsburgh. So, you know, it's great to be able to have them there, see the game, uh, you know, be there for the game. But more importantly, have that moment, you know, to share on the field. So, uh, you know, that's, uh, you know, part of the reasons that's at the very heart of why I, you know, switch conferences. And, so, and go ahead, Sean. So, Craven, you don't hog up all the questions. So, <laughs> you, you, you got your family there. So, what's it like for when your kids hear your hear, hear, hear pops getting booed? 
Oh, uh, well, I, I mean, again, you know, booze are great here in this house. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, we, you know, it's one of those things that when you get them, you just got to sort of eat it up. I mean, it doesn't bother me. It's like, you know, being that villain, you know, at some point, somebody's got to be the, you know, bearer of the bad news and, you know, uh, you know, heavy as a cross, but, uh, you know, somebody, <laughs> somebody's got to do it, right? If it wasn't me, it was going to be somebody else, but you know, just for them to get that experience. And, you know, funny thing you mentioned on, you know, Thursday night's game, you know, uh, you know, my son has an opportunity to see me and, you know, every day I drop them off, you know, when I drop them off at school, you know, we've got a routine, you know, a little drop off routine, a little, you know, all right, a little salute, a little peace, you know, as we're, you know, as I'm going my separate way. And that was, you know, early on, we developed that to help ease, you know, that drop off period, that separation. So now it's like, I'll just give a peace, you know, every time I'm, you know, drop them off. It's like, all right, later, Max, peace, you know, so he'll give me that peace back. And so I have this penalty announcement, you know, on Thursday night's game and, you know, whatever it was, my wife had to tell me, she's like, yeah, whenever you said repeat second down, I do this. My son turns to her and says, why is daddy the only one saying peace? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great. That's great. Those are the types of deals that, you know, just make it great. So. And, and, and that's the part of officiating that people don't understand. It's about getting the family to be a part of it because your kids are, at the young ages, so the sooner you get them involved, they don't look at it as daddy's going away to go to work. They look at it as, hold on, I could turn on the TV and see my daddy on TV, and I could tell all my friends, look at this game. Yeah, there he is. Yeah, that's my pops. <laughs> and, you know, I don't know that they're quite there yet, you know, but it'll be it, – it's nice to just, again, be able to say, hey – this is what they do. And obviously at the schools, you know, for our kids, you know, they know that. So, you know, right. you know, it's just, it's just, I never had to worry about upsetting, you know, Texas or Oklahoma neighbors, you know, fans, <laughs> or alumni, anything like that, you know, hell, you know, my neighborhood, we got Penn state fans, we got Michigan, Ohio state fans and, you know, all the teams close to here. So, it's a little yeah, bit they, more of a delicate balance. Yeah, right. it's, it's, you, you drive cautiously driving in a neighborhood and you see those um, college flags out there mm-hmm. on, the, on the lawn. So, so. Now, now, Reg, let's, 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 we're going to take a big rewind, at, but I just wanted to get people to understand that that's really what the hey, angel life And Reg, was, he, he had to cut short his um, dinner trip. His family was eating ribs. Right. I don't right. condone pork eating on this show, but Reg. <laughs> Hey, the other white meat. (laughs) (laughs) Them county fair ribs, they don't count. County fair ribs don't count. So, so now, Reg, tell tell the people of the unofficial lounge, how did you get started in officiating, period? Um, Oh, man, great story, depending on who you are. But, you know, it was about 14 years old, 14, 15 years old, and, you know, it was actually Little League Baseball, you know, that we were able to, well, minor league baseball, you know, I think these kids would have been uh, seven, eight, nine, 
you know, so as teenagers, we were able to make a few bucks, maybe about seven bucks a game, you know, but, you know, when you're, you know, 13 years old, 14, you know, teenager, you know, that money goes a long way, right? Yeah. Keeps you out of your parents, you know, you know, pockets. And, <laughs> you know, it was something that I enjoyed. I think at first I enjoyed, okay, you know, here you are, you're, you're young, you're, you're in this position of authority. And it's like people are looking to you for rulings. Basically, what is, what isn't, you know, what's it going to be? So, um, you know, initially that was very, very alluring, you know. And, uh, and, of course, all the sports that I played somewhere along the lines, I ended up officiating. But, you know, going up through high school, you know, it was baseball. Uh, you know, while on the basketball team, you know, my coach, you know, had an in-house program for fourth you know, fifth graders. And, you know, by this time I'm probably about a, you know, freshman, sophomore in high school. And, you know, we got to, you know, referee on Saturday afternoons basketball, you know, for a couple hours a day in house week. And, uh, you know, so that sort of got me started on the way of basketball, you know, but football, you know, football was a sport that, you know, it's like I was actually one of those, you know, kids, you know, that like to talk back, you know, to the refs. Oh, you was that guy. Yeah, I was that guy, you know, always knew more, Um, (laughs) you know, and, you know, just really didn't have a whole lot of respect, you know, for, you know, that job, their position. I wouldn't say them as people, but, you know, you know, when you're that young and immature, maybe you're not able to separate it, you know, the way we can now. So um, really didn't have a whole lot of respect for the officials, I only saw the errors like many, many people. I only saw the errors of, Hey, they mess this up. They mess that up. So it's like, here I am doing in-house basketball, doing little league baseball in town and, you know, become a senior in high school. And now I'm able to, you know, take, you know, my test for the, you know, state, you know, athletic association, the PIAA and, you know, did that, didn't take any training classes, knew nothing about any training that was going on locally, just knew that my AD, we all hung out in his office, the varsity club, you know, that was like our spot. If we, you know, had a study hall, had a lunch, had, you know, fourth period bio, you know, it just ended up being our spot. And he had the Federation rule books lined up and just started thumbing through it before you knew it, took the test, passed it, joined up with an association and then became legit you know, football. And then soon after I became legit with the other ones. So got started in baseball or football and basketball in the same year, you know, the fall of 99, the winter in 99. From the 99 to 2000 taking over, huh? That's right. It's been a takeover ever since. So 99, you get that chase in high school and I probably would hate to officiate you now as a high school kid because you like, hey, you're calling out every ref who messing up. Why aren't you guys seeing this? Right. Why aren't you doing that? And I'm like, dude, catch a pass. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it, it was hard because, you know, a lot of them had been around. And, you know, you know how it is, like, you know, the, you know, with your association, the unit, whatever, you know, you, you call it. And, you know, these are the folks that, you know, that were repping me since I was, you know, playing, you know, you know, peewee football, you know. So 
obviously, you know, you see them over the years as you rise up into varsity and all that. Some of them even did, you know, small college, you know, locally. So, I mean, you know, which was the normal path for, you know, as I would later find out. But, you know, even then, you know, there were some that just weren't very good. And, you know, you're always going to have that part that aren't very good. And those are generally what you see at the Pee Wee Junior High JV. We can't you know, go, I'm not going to let you say that, Red. I'm not going to let you say that. They are good for what they do. Collect that check. They need bodies, <laughs> and I'm not going to let you disrespect those guys on the front line. We but, need more of you. But it, it, it is. Because it's tough. There's, it's tough because then you figure all yeah, those, those people. Good, good guys. A lot they, of good guys. They need it. Uh, oh, uh, no. <laughs> They're good guys. Good guys. <laughs> but there are some people that, that are extra officiating money is all they got. They, that's why they're doing six, seven sports. No, it's like, hey, you know yeah. what? It's like for whatever reason you're doing it for, this is a job that's expected of you. Yeah. Hey, just meet those standards. Meet them basic standards. Yeah. I can care less what, you know, you know, what you, you know, get out of it, whether you get any type of pleasure, joy, satisfaction. But you know. now, because now I'm, I'm, I'm seeing the spunk you got. So the, you this little young whippersnapper, 16, coming to this high school associate meeting, you didn't go over too well, did you? They like, we got to get this, right? How well, was that? You know, well, you know, I was 18 at that point, freshman in college. And, you know, how I look forward to those Tuesday night meetings. I mean, I mean, it was like, boom. Because Tuesday night, that was the only day where it wasn't even possible to be on the field. Gotcha, Every man. other day of the week, there were games going on somewhere. Basketball. And so it's like, man, the one day that there wasn't games, you know, you had the meetings. And so, and not only that, but I learned early on the meetings are also where they gave out additional assignments. People would turn back games and the assigner would look for volunteers Uh, in the meetings. So back then there were no apps, no assigning softwares, any of that stuff. Like you had to, be in the meetings, you know, in order to get the weekly JV, junior high, you know, seventh, eighth, you know, et cetera. Oh, you're smart. Okay. I, yeah. I, I see the vision. Right. I see. But, so, you, but you learn, you learn no, stuff, you know. No check unturned. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you learn stuff. But, yeah, you know, them snaps, you know, they all help. They all help. They all help. They were, yeah. So, at the, so now you're going and you're trying and you're progressing. How did you know that was a? Even though you know there's some guys doing local local small college, how did you know the next trans? Well, what even you want different, to do next? even different though, Bridge. You're doing three sports. How did you stick with football? What what made you drop the others? Well, that's also a good question, Monty. Because you know it wasn't about necessarily dropping; it was about catching the breaks. You know, it's, it was really about, okay, you know, baseball, you know, to me, it was the first sport I started. It was the first sport I dropped. I mean, after about, like I did baseball for, I did baseball for 20 years, you know, I mean, you know, hold up, up. serious. Yeah. You're a young dude. Yeah. And you don't have the temperament to be an umpire. You see, you too relaxed. So I need to see you uh, you need to see me nose to nose with some yeah. of these managers. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, that's the deal. You know, the 
I felt like all the sports sort of complemented one another and, you know, helped shape you in one way. So when I was, I was, I happened to be, I was a football official who also ref basketball and umpired baseball versus the baseball umpires mentality who happened to do football and, and or basketball. So like, I think at the root were one of another, you know, some people are super spontaneous can make them quick judgments might be basketball guys first. But I think when it comes down to, you know, what the passions are, it really goes back to one year of being on the field. I'm like, whoa, I was so sad. Like when it ended, when that first season came to an end, I'm like, oh man, this, I mean, I had basketball to look forward to, but I'm like, man, this is, you know, this sucks. And then, uh, you know, hell, I found Chad's book, you know, inside the meat grinder. And, you know, that was what, and this was after one year under my belt. So it was like that April is when I went to camp and I'm like, okay. And camp just opened up, you know, so I got we, woke. We, we heard about this story. You being um, a minor at a camp and they, they had to sneak your alcohol. From t- <laughs> Uh, they didn't know how you young know. you were. Uh, they did not sneak him alcohol, people, to be politically correct. Right. Reggie, yeah. Reggie found was him some alcohol. At a camp in Southern California, all the way from the East Coast, after reading the, the meat I ain't, grinder. I ain't the and he just so happened to be there at the age of like 19. 12. Oh, 19. 12. He was 12. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the Reuben Fowler effect. Every time I talk to Reuben, he makes me find the fountain of youth. <laughs> it reminds me how young I was when we met. Right. Right. So you you was a, a little bit about a young age being exposed to camps, which at the time was probably one of the first camps available for football officials. So how was that experience for you? coming all the way from the other side of the country to go in the middle of L.A. Because this was at UCLA. Pretty much. In the middle of L.A. Oh, that's boys in camp. the hood days. Big huh? city. Big city. <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, so, it, you know, it was great. Here's what I knew. I, I read about this camp. I read about, you know, how many people were involved. Read about how the NFL guys were involved in giving back you know, and instructing there. And, you know, as I found out, you know, D1, you know, a lot of D1, you know, officials instrumental in instructing there. And, you know, it's like, hey, I just wanted to go. So it's like, okay, that was my Christmas gift that year. Like, hey, mom, what do you think of this? What do you say? You know, you cut the check, you know, for this camp, you know. Mama, please. She, Mama, yeah. please. Yeah. My mom's my original, uh, you know, the angel investor. Huh? Hey, <laughs> hey, Reg, 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 don't let these other two a-holes just pay, <laughs> pay anything about it. I understand starting young. I get it. Because you was in your mama house and you started too. I get it. Oh, yeah. We got two mama boys in here hey. too. We got two Hey. <laughs> That's right. Put it, put it on, put it on, baby. Uh-uh. That's right. But so that's that's it. Look at, but guess so, what though? The, we start to show off of Reg saying this. This is what I'm trying to get the unofficial lounge audience and YouTube right, knuckleheads Jody. to understand. What did Reg say? He took it care of nice. his mom. 
He took his nice for his mom to be there. Exactly. But I didn't I didn't get the emphasis until exactly. now until he said his mama cut the check. Right. <laughs> that's the payback. He, he was trying to get the, the payback. Hold up. How you 19 and still getting a Christmas present? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Hey, I'll take Christmas presents where I can. Right? <laughs> right. Exactly. I get. I only get underwear Don't. these days. Reg, Reg, let me let me tell you something, Reg. Monty is cool, but Ashante. Don't listen Hold to up. him because because guess what? If he ever had a game with you. All of a sudden, he gonna be calling you, Mister Smith. Smith. How you doing, Mister Smith? Mister Smith, how you, how you like doing, pregame? <laughs> <laughs> Man, that was a fantastic pregame, Mister Smith. Right? Hey, maybe great. I might get a chance to you know evaluate him this year. Exactly. Oh, might end up on the list. Exactly. And beat him up. No, but getting back to the you know you know the camp thing, it's like, look, I'm a 19 year old college kid with a fake ID. You know, you know, at that time, I mean, believe me, there there was nothing going to keep me from having a good time in L.A. Right. I just happened to be able to do it, you know, in an atmosphere where, you know, there were a, a lot of people I looked up to. <laughs> so, I mean, ultimately had a good time out there. But I think that was all, you know, that was the beginning. That was a relationship building. I mean, that's where I met, you know, Johnny Greer, Sanford Rivers, you know, the guys who were instrumental back East, you know, helping me, you know, you know, climb and, 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 you know, you know, ultimately make it to these levels and, you know, turning me over to the next round of people who ended up, you know, carrying me, you know, to certain, you know, uh, levels. So, I mean, that camp experience was, you know, vital. I mean, at 19 years old, you know, to be able to go to a camp and you know, it wasn't, you know, I liked my first year. I liked what I, you know, found out at the local level. But if you're somebody coming up and that's all you know is one year of local football, two years, five years, 10, somewhere along the line, you haven't been exposed to the, you know, culture and training at that point. I mean, the training that we were getting, like we were getting the direct training that NFL officials of the day were being given. Right. And, you know, in the local high school levels, which was the only, you know, high, my highest level at the time, you know, that type of training and philosophy wasn't, you know, prevalent. You know, it was nowhere to be found, as a matter of fact. You just had to learn over the years, trial and error. Maybe people knew it. Maybe people didn't, you know, you know didn't share it with you, but... I mean, now everything's changed some 20 years later, and I think everybody's about giving back now. That makes right. that makes the you know profession better. Reg, before before we jump too far forward, because we talk about this on the unofficial lounge for a lot of our guests. You growing up East Coast Pittsburgh guy, was that your first experience coming to the West Coast? Was coming to a, a football camp? Or did you get the opportunity to travel and stuff as a kid throughout? Because a lot of times, for a lot of people that's been on the show so far, the first experience of traveling had only to do with officiating. Well, you know, I was, um, you know, fortunate. You know, I, uh, my mother's a retired flight attendant. Okay. So, you oh. know, oh. 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 he got them free flights. Oh. 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 Oh.
Big Reds. Man, he been Reds, all over. But you, but you know what? We not gonna knock that. That's ain't nothing that's wrong with it. Ain't nothing wrong with it. We try. No, we try. No, I, we trying to get had, everybody I, to understand that it's it's different for everybody. But it was for, for, oh, football yeah. got you to experience L.A. Even though you. Well, I was actually out in L.A. Um, I was out in L.A. for the first time back in '96, and you know was out there, you know, visiting family. Right. You know, have family and you know. California, been to Colorado. Colorado prior to '96 was the furthest west I've ever been, and you know it's always love getting to Denver, visit family there. But you know it was you know Cali that showed me wow. And when you're 16, you know you can't quite appreciate it. But I had a I have a cousin who's you know in you know who's an actress in the entertaining you know industry. And, you know, that's what got me out there, got me a little taste. And when I came back four years later, you know, it was for, you know, camp. So right. now, Reg, let's let's talk about that. You go to camp. Um, a real cousin, Sean, I see what you're thinking. Right. I'm <laughs> 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 not playing close. We're not going to go there. We're not going right. to go to kissing. We're not going to go to kissing. Hold on. No, no, no. Stop, stop, stop. Ashante, we ain't going down that. We ain't going down that. <laughs> oh, Reg. Reg, you, you come and experience the camp. And now traveling isn't a big deal so far. You, you experienced that already in your life, which is great. But now you come to the camp, you get all of that knowledge that you learn from the NFL guys and so on. But now you got to go back to, I'm assuming, to a local high school group. How did that work? They kicked them out. Mm. <laughs> how did uh, that work? You going back, to, you, you 18, 19 years old. How did that yeah, work? He talking you too going much. back He's to a local to, high hey, school group. But are you, trying to, are, you, are you trying to impart yeah, the yeah, So you're learning yeah. all this stuff. Are you going back trying to impart this knowledge of, hey, you guys need to be here on this play. You guys need to look at these keys. Like, are you trying to impart? Okay. And are they Monty, accepting? Monty. Are they accepting of it? This I'm asking. Is not, this is not a mechanic show. But that's what he did. He no, that's what I'm asking, though. He, he's an official coming out to this camp learning primo, no, le- learning, no, no, no. learning that learning that hot stuff, that uncut dope, and then he, he, he's <laughs> taking it back. So, so what Monty trying to say is, did you become an a-hole coming back to your local group? Or no, I ain't saying no a-hole. Or? I just said, are you trying to impart no, no, no. this knowledge? No, no, no. I'll, I'll answer it. I'll, I'll answer it because in the eyes of you know, it's going to be in the eyes of the beholder because, right. you know, to some you're going to be confident, to some you're going to be arrogant. And, you know, I guess it really, I had Definitely a mentor did. who taught me early on, <laughs> you got to be careful how you wear your success. That boy, you know, of course, in, in, certain, in certain circumstances and scenarios, you know, and in some parts, certain people have to wear their successes differently than others, you know, for perception's sake. And, you know, with that, you know, it is a big responsibility in and of itself. So I uh, I was a bit of an asshole in the regards that, man, I come out there and they've got these blue bean bags. You know, it's like, man, I saw blue bean bags for the first time anywhere other than, you know, on Sundays. And I'm like, let me get some of these. Started wearing those on my Friday night crew. And Uh-oh. they're like, what's with the blue bean bags? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's okay, Blah, 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 blah. You know, so here I am wearing blue bean bags, 
I don't know whether they were approved, whether there was something. This is back when the option was white. Right. And, you know, the, you know, I, guys, am you I so right. <laughs> right. Right. It's like beanbags were only white. And only guys working on Sunday wore blue. And I'm like, I like these blue beanbags, so I'm going to wear them. So I got a couple of them. Sort of being the renegade with the beanbags. And then soon after, you know, I kind of wanted to, like after I'd gone back to camp a little bit, I wanted to have some white on my shoes. You know, <laughs> all, we all remember in the day when you had Rebel. black spot yep, bills yep. and no art Rebel. support. You know, <laughs> you're working four or five midget games all day. Your feet are just killing you at the end. I, for, I forgot what the name of them shoes are, Rebel. but I'm with you. They, yeah. they were. They was like some cold, cobalt something. I, it was hey. terrible. They was like 18 pounds this of is, shoes. They was heavy is, as hell. They were, they were just bad. So this is bad. when you can only get black basketball shoes when it was playoff time, huh? They were right. only white shoes. Yeah. Right? So, so, so you come back. You already start out the association like, hey, I know better. I didn't even go to your meeting and I passed your test. And now you come back <laughs> as this guy with this blue, with these blue bean bags. I know they love you, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> so I got a lot of, no, but actually like, like a lot of guys liked me genuinely in the chat. And I liked a lot of, there were like a lot of guys that were like very helpful. I say guys because, you know, in those days, you know, there weren't, many, if any at all, women. It wasn't, you know, until I came to Cali where I saw there were female officials. And it, you know, at that point, you know, 20 years ago, you know, being something that I didn't have the opportunity to see, you know, where I grew up, it, it absolutely, it, it was astonishing, you know, to see, you know, at that point. But, you know, Hold now on. it's like. So, because I want to say, because you're, I'm, I'm pretty sure you're probably the minority and then you recognizing there's another minority coming up too, right? Right. So in my chapter, when I joined, there was only one other minority, one other brother in the chapter. And, you know, he had been around for a while, but, you know, he was working varsity and, you know, would do the, you know, other stuff during the week. But, you know, he was it. I came, you know, a couple more years later, you know, you know, it started, you know, the, there was more depth. Okay. You know, we were getting okay. more and more diverse. Let's not jump too far, but where we are ain't you? Jump nowhere. No, 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 no. But where are you at this point in time when you say you was one of two minorities? What city the 99s were you in? and 2000s? Like, like, right. Yeah. My rookie, my rookie year, my first two, three years, I think by my third year, by like a one Oh two, you know, a few others had joined up. Okay, but where where are you at? So we know the years. Where are you city wise? Where oh, are you? So city, I'm still in college at this point. I'm in Pittsburgh, suburban Pittsburgh. Okay. You know, Robert Morris at the time, and you know, still you know working my oh, that's way in up, Pittsburgh? working on the weekends. Yep. yep. Got you. Is that is that where you're in the Hall of Fame? Uh, no, not in their Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, which Hall of Fame uh, are you in? To date. 
I'm in my county's Hall of Fame. County Hall of Fame. All right. My county oh, sports hey. Hall of Fame. Hold on. Wait, 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 wait. You <clears throat> trying to lowball that. That's but, right. Well, we the no, not lowballing at all. Because we talking about Muncie. Yeah. Right. We, we we recognize great accomplishments. Right. right. And, Hall of Fame. Uh, <laughs> I don't care where it is. That's right. I did. Hey, unofficially, Reds is my alcohol smolier. <laughs> if you want to know about any alcoholic beverages, talk to Reds if hey, you wait, had a count. Wait, wait, wait. But, but, but he's what? in the but Hall of Fame. in the Hall of Fame. But I'm going to tell know you this. Who's in my county's Hall of Fame? There are great people. Like, I'm, it's an honor to be in my county's Hall of Fame. Yeah, you Guys go. Like Give Jim it to name him. It. Hold up. You, you and Joe? Okay. Oh, hold up. I'm not done. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, give it to him. Give it to him. You, you might have heard. You might have heard of a guy by the name of Ty Law. Ty Law. You might have, you might have heard of a guy by the name of Darrell Revis. Revis, Revis uh, Allen. Yes. You, you know. You you might have heard of a guy by the name of Jim Covert. Twenty twenty one inductee into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, Chicago Bears. Okay. Also in my Ooh. county. Yeah, just so many, so many to. And Reds the ref. Let's get the ref. But a lot of people. Uh, Bill Vinovich. Whoa, whoa. Senior, junior. Like, I think his granddad and his dad are both in our county's Hall of Fame for officiating. He is also. So. Hold up, Reds. Wait, wait, wait. Hold up. So, wait. Monty skipped. He skipped. I might have skipped, but I think it would need to be said. Because y'all was talking a little crazy to my man, Reds. No, I put respect <laughs> on Red's name. But before you was a Hall of Famer, they looked at you as the kid. They're like, "Hey, man, we got to get this dude out the room with the blue bean bags." And he <laughs> he wearing black and white spot belts. Well, I don't oh. know what. He- <laughs> <laughs> hey, spot belts only came in one color back then, and it was black. It was like that original Model T. You know, any color you want, as long Dogs as it's black. black. You know. <laughs> That was it. Spot belt. I'm glad y'all remembered it. What was the spot belt? Was the, the oh, official? What was the black and white shoe that you wore? Oh, because you have to be a revolutionary. New Balance. Well, right. New well, Balance. No, it was. Um, you remember at the time how they, uh, you know, on Sunday before the Reeboks. Oh, you know, they had a contract with yeah. Reeboks. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So you were a true revolutionary going out there with recent Bree box. So was that when you went to LA, that's when you came across, like you said, now you got NFL mentorship with the Sanford rivers and all those guys. Yes. They, they were yeah. able to recognize, Hey, it's the guy from my area. We need to embrace him. Yeah. And, and that's actually what it was. I mean, Sanford, you know, was, you know, working in the league at the time was working at a, a local Pittsburgh university you know, you know, also at the time. So he didn't have a whole lot of involvement in the local officiating scene, but like, as far as like being at meetings and all that, but there were people that he, you know, mentored and took under his wing and, you know, by meeting him out of that camp and based on his relationship with Chad and Chuck, you know, it was, you know, he was right here. So he was like one of the OGs that, you know, helped me, uh, you know, start, you know, start that climb. And that's when you got, okay, now, so you're getting some varsity games, and now you're seeing, okay, these old guys in the NFL, these older guys in the NFL look showing me love. When did you get that bug of a college? Oh, probably too soon. Uh, because, too like, soon. yeah. Whoa. My, uh, 
Yeah. The first crew I worked on, like I, I was very blessed, very fortunate. They talked about, you know, being somewhere at the right place, right time. Like sometimes you can lose sight of, you know, the good things that have happened to you or the breaks you've caught and, you know, just worry about catching that next break. Okay. But one thing I had to, you know, come to do some reflecting on is, man, Reg, look at the breaks you have. You take your test, you pass your test, you're working, you know, a bunch of youth football and weekday JV sub varsity stuff. A guy goes down and I got to work varsity football the second half of my rookie year. So based on that little head start in in Pennsylvania, Western Pennsylvania, we just went to six officials. So they had just gone to my senior year of like, uh, you know, in the fall of 98. So when I joined up that fall in 99, a lot of them crews who were, you know, long established five man crews, some were still scrambling for that right fit that could, you know, you know, be their sixth. And so I was able to get, you know, get a little taste my rookie year. And then that, you know, my second year is really where, you know, things turned because I got picked up on a crew and this crew happened to have a guy who was already working small college ball. So that's sort of like by him saying, Oh yeah, this is what I've got. Well, this is where I'm going tomorrow. I started asking him questions in the locker room. Right. Well, so what's it like when you go, where are you going tomorrow? What's that game going to be like, you know, and you know, just sort of, Copy huh. itch, obviously being a fan, but Ray, you know, of, of the game. But I'm Ray, watching a lot of college ball. When he said we got, I got a six-hour drive to, uh, to Delaware. <laughs> <laughs> How come you kept going? <laughs> well, see, all, all that wasn't known at the time. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell you about the man. When you can tell you, all they said That's is the right. good stuff, huh? And then you learn about the people who have these personal thresholds of, you know, when I first got a taste of a, you know, we're jumping a little bit, but when I first got into FCS ball, you know, it was still called one double A and there were people who had a seven hour personal one way drive threshold. Right. I'm like, Wait, again, wait, 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 hold up. wait, wait, hold wait, up. wait, 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 if I got a seven hour drive, that's a flight. Again, people at a one-way, seven-hour drive threshold. Ooh. Ooh. You know, it's well. But think about it. You fly. You, where are you going to fly into? Are, I learned early on are just cheap. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> say it again. <laughs> some people are able. To, some people are able to get stuff done in that seven hours or whatever. And hey, more power to you. You know, but yeah. All right. It so for me. So not because it's funny because now. You being the, the young whippersnapper, and, and I know pretty much he had to take you on the wing. Like, it's got to be something about you with the blue bean bags that he's like, "Hey, hey, bro, I'm I'm, I'm doing small time because he's just he's he's stutting to you about what he's doing and hoping you catch the bug because don't nobody like you said barely doing rookie ball, JV ball, want to go to a camp. It it got to be something special about you, Reg. Because every time when I when I first saw y'all, like. I don't know who this dude is until you talk. I'm like, I heard that voice. So it's got to be something special about you. Uh, Well, I mean, again, I I was fortunate to work with, you know, these guys that ended up being on my, you know, first real high school crew were, uh, I was with this group, ended up being with them for four years. 
Gotcha. So had a rookie year where I, you know, subbed in, you know, the with a very, very good crew, very locally recognized good crew. Uh, but when I got picked up on a crew, also very, you know, you know, high profile games, you know, and was fortunate enough to get picked up with them and, you know, spent four years there before I, so in years like two through five, like uh, of high school, like I was with these guys, but by my, I guess my fifth year, my last year with these guys concurrently was my first year working, you know, small college ball as well, but hold on, hold on, it was definitely inspiring having a guy that on my crew, you know, was on that direction. So hold on, hold on, Reg, hold on. Hold on. Ashanti we, we, got a good question. Right. Hold on. Here we go. What, on, what is it? What is it? Uh, he, 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 you, we about to drop a bomb, but you telling me you still in your mama house, right? And you going to college and you getting a college game. Well, I, I, <laughs> I started college in 03. So, <laughs> I graduated. Based, I, 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 I graduated in 01. Okay, so 03, you you start. Okay, <laughs> so 03, I graduated 03, college. <laughs> okay, 03 was the start of 03 was the start of me officiating college, and that was a year. You know, that was my senior year, also. So, oh, it was, senior year of college. Well, senior year of college began. Well. It took me an extra semester, so I finished in the fall. Of, you know, I got 03. you, but you were still in college doing college ball, is what I'm saying. Is this- correct? Oh. Hey, man, hold on, man. Hold on. <laughs> and this before this is when before the minutes plan, so you still had to wait the nine o'clock to talk on the cell phone. That's exactly it. I mean, that nine o'clock was. You know, especially on them weeknights. You know, weeknights. It was nine. they they <laughs> they were they weren't yeah. a part they weren't a part of the circle plan, right? You didn't have them in. Circle came in on four. Circle came in on four minutes. You had he had to wait the nine, and and you had to go to sprint to get seven o'clock on weekdays. I thought it was MCI. MCI. Well, eventually, I did go to sprint. Because they, they had that extra two hours, but they were shitty in rural areas. Oh, yeah. If you were in any, if you were any metro, you know, area, you were good with Sprint. But yes, Sprint yes. hurt you in a rural area. You know? <laughs> oh, we, we just had to date ourselves. We get yes. old, Red. Yes. <laughs> true. This is true. <laughs> hey, I still miss. I up until what three years ago, I was still getting three hundred free minutes. I don't know why, because. Oh, right. That was part of my pre-plan. Are you a grandfathered I, in? Yeah, I was grand. I, I couldn't. Man, how you not a grandfathered into an unlimited plan? Three hundred <laughs> minutes, and he's clapping like Hercules, Hercules, Hercules. No, what I'm saying is, I had unlimited, but I still had the free three hundred. Oh, okay. No, no. no. Hey, listen, three hundred minutes have... back in the day was balling. It was right. right. It, Three hundred minutes hours. back in the day was balling. <laughs> How can you have unlimited? And then they say, "Hey, we are gonna give you three hundred for free." I got unlimited. No, 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 no. You're not hearing me. I was grandfathered with the three hundred, and I negotiated the free. So I still had the three hundred free unlimited. I never used. You trying to make yourself sound important? No, nah. Right. nah. You can't tell me I'm unlimited, and then you go give me three hundred free no. minutes on top See, of. See, this ain't about me. This is about Reggie the ref. See, that's, that's right. where we digress. See, that's what you know, Reg. This <laughs> we is just having we a conversation. Having a <laughs> conversation. <laughs> so now you're doing. So you're graduating, and you 
Are you knowing what you want to do in life? Or is you just happy with small time ball? Oh, I mean, definitely didn't know. Definitely had no doubt what I wanted to do next. Here's what I knew. I was young. I enjoyed the hell out of football. I mean, it was like my major guiding factor at that time. You know, without a spouse, without a kids, without a career. You and know, your mama football, gave you free, and you can get the, the buddy pass with your mama. That's right. And, <laughs> and football was at the forefront. And so what I ended up doing was, you know, had a little, you know, gap semester and then started grad school in the, in the summer of 04 and was able to continue, you know, like education, continue officiating and, you know, continue to climb. So like 05 is really where I caught a break. Like 05, well, oh, not to diminish 04 because started college in 03 and in 04 was fortunate enough to work the, you know, stag bowl. D three Oh yeah. yeah, I know about the stag ball. There you Press go. That That's right. You know what? It's the big time. Because not everybody can go work a stag ball. Not everybody can go work a stag ball. The man still in his mama house, going to college. Hey, hey don't still, hate on that. So Reg, like, no, 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 no. Because <laughs> Ashanti gonna be a hater. He gonna be a hater because recognizing the man in his mama house. No. We gotta Reg, have one. Reg, he gonna be a hater because you and I started young. But let me ask you, as you grind in through your officiating, because we don't get the opportunity to ask too many people this question. Was it ever because you were still trying to deal with Reggie the adult, Reggie the official, Reggie life is so did football officiating sway where you went? professionally in any way, anytime? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think so because, I mean, oh, boy, I look at, you know, decisions and sacrifices I based around football when I thought it was such a big deal. Again, you're in your 20s. You've got a skewed profession <laughs> or a skewed perception oh, rather yeah. Of, oh, yeah. of time. Yes. And you think, oh, man, if I, if I miss this, and all this down the road is never going to come to pass. Right. And, you know, I look back at it now, you know, like from a point 15 years older, wiser. And it's like, I made decisions around football. I've allowed football to affect like my career, you know, and, you know, re remember particularly one job, you know, after grad school where I get in, you know, and, you know, getting, getting used to the rounds and, you know, get there was not there for very long when I get the news that, you know, and again, this is jumping a little forward with all the successes, you know, some of the early successes in college and arena ball, but, you know, have this, you know, pretty good job, you know, and, you know, decent starting job and here arena football, in addition to college, I was in CUSA the time that's taking me away on some Fridays, right? Right. We all know what it's like. Oh, yeah. You gotta, you gotta take off on some Fridays. And now arena football comes along in the spring and it's not just the fall deal where you're missing some Fridays. Right. Now you're missing some Fridays in the spring and summer right. or whatever night some of these games were on. It's become year round for you. Exactly. You know, early. And then, you know, in, in that same year, like um 
you know, got a call for, you know, Europe. And at that point, NFL it's like, Europe, to be yeah. exact, right? And got to go to, you know, got to go over for two weeks, got a week of training down in Tampa. And at that point, I had to make a decision that, okay, I had to give this job up. You know, she's like, what's it going to be? And now, 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 Reg, before my Hold hater up. partner, Ashante, Hold especially, up. jump on this. Because he's at his mom's house, though, right? I, I, I will have I will have to, I will have to tell you though because my my hater partner and co-host Ashanti be like oh you're in your mom house I when you talk about the stag bowl I got fired from a job for going to the stag bowl Hey you had to pray on that decision I got you know what I'm right <laughs> when you came back you lost the job right Reggie, I got I got fired from a job from going to the stag bowl hey. so that's the thing though is. At the time, Reg is grinding through. He realized what's available, but yet he's at a pendulum. He's young enough to make grown folk mistakes. No, no, and no. And learn no. early. No, he no, is no. In, yeah. he, he in no, his no. early 20s making that mistake. Right. But You're going to have many more jobs. It wasn't it a was mistake. It was a mistake because I looked at him as his parent like, boy, this football better work out because um, no, 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 no. that was his a nice mama, career you messed no, up. No, yeah, it ain't like he went to jail. Support. He playing, he no, doing no, stop. football. Stop, stop, stop. Hold on, hold on, hold on. No, no, you stop, know, stop, you stop, 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 stop. Go, Reg. Reg, was, was your mom 100% supportive throughout? Oh, absolutely. But what that meant, you know, at different times, it's like, exactly. yeah, you're, you're, you're an undergrad for this period. Hell, when I was, you know, my graduate school was, you know, two hours away. So right. it's like from that period, you know, of the mid-20s, it's like, you know, you're out the nest. You're out. And so what, you know, here's what I knew. Between Conference USA, between arena football at that time, and between, you know, whatever, basketball, baseball, whatever, you know, that was, you know, 40k plus you know and, and when you're, and, 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 you know hell you guys are in california that's not a bit you know not a whole lot at all but you know when you're you know you know where i am at that point in life it's like if you don't have the big mortgage you don't have child care you, you don't, don't have the insurance. big car payment <laughs> you know you don't you know it's like you have you know what you need and, you know, it's like, okay, here's a job that, you know, starts out at 25K a year, you know, out of school. Now, again, my pri my priorities then, yeah, yeah, this is back in 20 years ago, just about, you know, somewhere like that. But in Correct. any case, Correct. in right. any case, right. I, saw, I saw something like that as an impediment to the progress I seeked in football. And, and you know, it's like, hey. Again, as a 20-year-old, would I do things differently now? Absolutely. Right. But a lot of people aren't faced with those decisions in their 20s at all. Exactly. You know, most people, when they get that taste of success in officiating, have their family life in order, have their yep. career in order. You know, so, you know, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like a common deal where I could go to the other 20-year-old and say, hey, how'd you deal with that? And, you know, some other 20-year-olds had that luxury, but 
you know, they might have been able to ask their dads for that type of advice. So, but it's like it's a lot like an investment, though. Before y'all go anywhere, no, no, this is what you don't get. No, 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 I want to hear that. This is what I've been trying to tell y'all. No, it's not the whole time. No, it's not doing this show. What? No, it's not. What? No, no, let him finish. Let him finish. No, it's not. Let him finish. Let him finish. You gotta go to somebody that don't know. But Reggie put a put a path together. That didn't yep. exist. Reggie, it didn't Reggie, exist. Reggie put it a pause. Exist. You ain't catch what Reggie said. He was already in Conference USA. Yeah. So he was already getting a check. Yeah. Had Reggie been still doing small time ball. So it ain't JC Ball making so $160. Because Reggie's still doing high school basketball and other sports. So he can hustle. I right? think it's just so a Reggie's risk reward. It's different. If you take right. risk, you get rewarded. That's And he was at the age where he can take risk. The risk. You take risk, you get rewarded. Young and dumb, you can. 35-year-old Reds can't do that. (laughs) (laughs) See, but a 35-year-old Reds was just breaking into this and that and the other. Yeah. You yeah, know, see, it would have been it, it would have been as hard. <sighs> you know, would have so, been hard because thirty five year old Reg had the family, the wife, the career. Right. Baby, so formula. It hard to just now introduce all the new. Okay, well now I got to start traveling for this. Okay, so but you know for me it, it was something at that point where it was already a ten year deal at that point. So, so you know, let's go back, Reg, because you, you don't have to go back gl- to nothing. No, no, because he kind of over how he got in the conference USA. You kind of skipped over that. Well, right? I, I mean, of, yeah. See? Well, I, I mean, of, listen, it hasn't been a chronological, you know, you know, because we never hit the big time. Because think about it. He in his early 20s, and he like kind of said conference USA. Okay. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, wait, wait, wait. So, wait, Ashanti. Ashanti and Reg, hold on a second. Monty, drop the button. Nice and clear for everybody. Because Reg is big time when it comes to all of this. It is. So, Reg, yeah. we didn't bypass a whole lot, okay? But how in the hell your young ass <laughs> get into Conference USA? Well, I mean, for one, you've got a proactive supervisor in Conference USA at the time in Gerald Austin, who, you know, young talent was what young talent was his deal. He gave opportunities to people at the time who would not have got those opportunities from the Burroughs. Earl Sorgans of the world, the John Ooh. Sophies of the world, the Bobby Gastons, Whoa. and the, you know, you drop, a his- you drop a history right now. A lot of people and don't the know their names. You drop a history right now. A lot of people don't know yeah. their names, right? I mean, you, you, but these, these people were the respective coordinators of the Pac-10, yeah. Yeah. the Big East, you know, the, the SEC, the ACC, you know, in the Big Ten at the time. So, like, my years at that point, like, I got into arena, and now we're college 03, right? 03, 04, you know, 05, Gerald, you know, took a chance on me. And that was because I got into arena football in 04. I want to say 04. 04. So arena, arena 2 football helped so many of us because – you know, it was under the guidance, you know, NFL was training it, running it, supporting it. 
and it just happened to have the majority of the officials in arena two happen to be from CUSA. And so that built into Jer Ron Baines who ran arena two, Gerald Austin, very, very close. And it just, you know, it was a fit, but also Johnny Greer also putting in that word and that help for Gerald, you know, so Gerald was hearing my name from a few people and, you know, I got very lucky. It's, you know, still, Ain't no luck. So good. He was good. Stay ready, Hold on, hold on, hold on. So, what year was it that you went to your first personal touch camp? Ninety nine. Uh, 2000. 2000. 2000. I didn't make it in uh, two thousand one. We okay. uh, had a conflict, you know, you know, track, but came back in 02 and in 03. So you was a track athlete in college, right? Yes. So what All was right. your uh, what was your sport? Thank you. The what's quarter it? mile. What's the quarter mile? What's that? One right, one lap, Jack. Four hundred. Right. I ran the four. I ran the eight. Four by four. Okay. So what was your best time in the four hundred then? Since that was your event. Uh, it's, it's been some years, but you know. Oh uh, come on! Uh, he, no, wasn't, he wasn't a he no, wasn't a, a county no. record holder, Craven. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I, no, I was I was a high forty-seven, uh, you know, point runner, which you know was slow in conference. It was slow, uh, you know, uh, you know, I placed, but you know, slow. It wasn't winning time, but okay. It's not the Easter relays. Yeah, yeah. Once you, once you put out your personal stuff there we gotta ask so we gonna always ask you what's your event any person that come on to the unofficial line you say you hey, was a Rich. track person we gonna ask your event and what's your best mark but, so, but hold on Ashanti you're coming in you go to a camp which in the time so you you are transcendent I, I can't say the word. Transition. Are, huh? Say that again, Monty. Transitioning. No, but... Well, hold up. No, no, no. No transitioning. I don't even know what he's trying to say. Well, that's no, what no, I no. thought he was trying to no, say. No, no. <laughs> what, well, uh, my, my point is, he created something that was new. wrong with that. Right. But no, you, cre- <laughs> you, created, you created something that was new that didn't exist because the camps didn't exist. So you come all the way from the East Coast to the West Coast Get a whole lot of knowledge. You bring that back to where you were. Right? You bring that back to where you were, and you jump that into now your conference USA at a young age. So how are you embracing this? And that's what I'm saying. Like, you young, you know what I'm saying? And You you young get Reggie the ref. You know what I'm saying? How how does a young Reggie the ref, who's not a referee yet, embrace the success because now you, like you said, you lost the job and now, you know, you, now you're trying to know, you definitely football is going to be something that's going to be a part of your lifestyle now. Well, absolutely. And other jobs can, you know, but you know, the deal is, you know, hell at that point, I think everybody wanted to be, everybody wanted to get hired in the conference USA. If you weren't already in a power five, you know, if you were a power five and you're, you know, you're the age where, you know, that's where you're going to, you know, wrap up your career. That's great. And I guess it wasn't a power five then, but you know what I mean by those legacy conferences. And, you know, I think any, any time you get to a division one level, you know, you, there are only what 700 of us, 
you know, some some number that is, you know, not quite really? as high. But well, when you think about, you know, how many crews, how many different Division One staffs, yeah, I mean, not a whole lot. So, I mean, that's an accomplishment in and of itself. But, you know, what we knew about Conference USA and Gerald Austin at the time, I mean, these were facts and statistics will show that when it came to the college coordinators, more of his people were being hired into the National Football League oh, yeah. than any oh, yeah. other conference exactly. at Gerald, the time. Gerald, at the time, Conference USA was putting people in the league. Yeah. He was putting people I mean, in the three leader. In like a three Multiple letter. people annually. Oh, yes. You know, at least, you know, and, you know, but he had a great streak of putting people in. And so if you were working for Gerald, it's like you knew that, okay, well, I may never get to work a national championship. I may never get to work, you know, a Fiesta Bowl or what have you, but you know that you're going to have that shot. And so that at one point was the express train, you know, in. And so, uh, like, All right. at some point, All right. I, like, I was happy I, being I, hold there. Hold on, wait, 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 wait. Chipping because we don't, no, no, I'm going to have to cut him off because guess what? Reg, you got too much history to get you all in one show. So we gonna we gonna hype we gonna we gonna warp sweet this because you just hit it. I wasn't gonna get the opportunity to work the fiesta bowl. I wasn't gonna get the opportunity. But hold on. Please drop your resume. What BCS games has Reg referred? Because you didn't work all of them. All of them. Well, I, no, the only like New Year's Six Bowls, you know, that I've done, you know, are, you know, the Rose Bowl and Orange Bowl, which uh, oh, are great bowls. We mean the only one. We, 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 Ashanti, I know we skipped, but he went into the conference USA saying, I may not be able to work these big games. The man still in his mama house. He, he might have been paying rent somebody else, but his mom, he was getting his primary mail at his mama house. Ashanti, stop hating. do that. Stop hating. Stop hating. Stop hating. I know you was 45 years old when you started. I understand it. You already had a pension. All my life, I had to fight. Right. You know you, what I'm saying? You already had a picture with the government. You right. You was already three three quarters of way in for your Social Security. Having midlife crises. Okay. So don't hate. <laughs> don't hate on a guy that um, that did it before you. So I cannot hate on Reggie the Ref. Can't. Okay. No Conference hate on USA, Reggie. you can't. NFL Europe, you can't hate. That's right. what Big 12, you can't hate. NFL Europe, that's what I was trying to go. Mountain like, West, so, you can't hate. That's what I'm trying to go. Like, so you conference USA. How did that NFL Europe call go? Yeah. Because now you got to get a passport well, for a know, young guy like you. Well, you know, the deal was, you know, Where's my birth at that point, everything was intertwined. Everything, right. It seems like Conference USA was intertwined with everything. You know, again, as I mentioned, with the arena leagues, you know, you had a lot of the members of CUSA in any either of the arena leagues. A lot of CUSA folks were in Europe already on the Europe staff from the prior years. 
a lot of folks from CUSA were already going into the league. And so CUSA was a place you wanted to be for the relationship for all things NFL, you know, at that point in time. And so it was sort of like the natural progression as you worked up through arena to AFL. And then, you know, Europe was, you know, one of the, you know, next progressions and, you know, the program, you know, if you will at the time. So, you know, I was in this spot for lightning to strike being in CUSA. I mean, so it was like, okay, national championship, who cares? Who cares about working this big rivalry? Who cares about working, you know, that I may never, but hey, at least this is where it leads. Okay. So that's what you, you know, you're there on, you know, that, that dream, you've got that goal, but again, you know, I never looked at CUSA ever, ever as a stepping stone. Right. I didn't think I'd ever leave Gerald Austin. Oh, okay. Right, right. Yeah, it was never my intention to leave, you know? So when did you become the voice uh, was allowed to be Rezzy the Ref? Because now you're, you're, you're a deep now. Because when did the Rezzy the Ref come in to the picture? Well, the transition you know, of, to being Reggie the Ref. You, you right got around, the microphone. You got the microphone. Yeah, I'd say in 2006. 2006 hold was up, the first whoa, year bro. I did a. Well, hold up. You got to hear me out. I'm working arena football, okay, in 04, 05, 06, arena two football. So, referee decided he was going to hang it up after my second year. And I asked Ron Baines if I could, you know, move to referee. Ooh, you know, he bold, thought it would be a bold. good idea in 06. So I'm working referee, you know, in, in the arena league, hold on, arena hold two on, league. Hold on, Reg. Hold on a second. Hold on, mm-hmm. hold on, hold on. What made you go and ask Ron Baines that you want to be a referee? Because most won't have the cojones. To say I, I want to be a referee. So what made you <laughs> go to him at the time and say, "I want to be a referee"? Well, I had been working referee, like you know, really from the time you know the sub bar city stuff during the week, where you're working for a person, somebody's got to blow the whistle, right? <laughs> Somebody got to be in charge, you, right? <laughs> Somebody had to do it at the JV, the junior high, the ninth grade, right? And so I'm doing it at those levels. And then, like, our D2, our D3 leagues around here locally had JV, JV football. So JV football was played on Sundays and Monday afternoons. And we were working, you know, seven-person mechanics. Somebody, again, had to be the referee. And so I, like, I started building that experience. So in 06... Like when it came open in Arena Two, I just sent the email because it's something I had always wanted. I mean, I saw guys like Johnny Greer, you know, Mike Carey right. is front and center. That's inspiring, right? Sure. And Gotta so it's it. like somebody had to do it, and so I sent it. I wasn't sure how it'd be received, but I was going to be a third-year veteran in the you know Arena Two you know, for for what that was worth, you know. <laughs> and, and, but we all worked in regional crews. So, like, you know, like we were homers. And so, like, they were hiring a lot of newer people, 
before you knew it, three years made me one of the, you know, Wiley veterans. <laughs> I got this. I got this. <laughs> Wiley vet. And, uh, you know, they thought it would be a good idea. They got me some exposure at it, and I really liked it. I liked because that was a like I never had that chance in high school. Like on Friday Night Lights, like I was never a referee until, you know, I got to a higher than what you would consider ordinary level, right? Press that button, man. He, 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 he. You know, so Arena 2 was my first experience as a crew chief. Like where it's like, all right, these are my crew. These are the eight games we got. And it's like, all right, this is how we got to prepare. So, you know, started doing that in 06. And then 07, which was also happened to be my second year supplemental with Conference USA. Oh, supplemental 0506 on a crew seven and eight. But in 06, one of my supplemental games happened to be, you know, some people call them squeak games, overflow, scramble games, right. you know, where, you know, you got the FCS. So you got a scramble out. game, Conference right. USA, referee. In 07 as a referee. Somebody and what Cheryl loved to do. I'm looking for the photo. What Gerald loved to do was hold up. Hold up, man. So what? What he's doing, everybody, right here, man? Because he, he get the photo of when he was he was still still on a nipple in football officiating. <laughs> we can't see it. Man. So you, you can't your see this. But, oh, uh, man, your background it, Take your background but, off. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the background off and show you all this, but. What uh, what Gerald was uh, you know, famous for doing in those days was um, just taking oh. everybody and seeing what you could do. So this is a picture actually of me at Robertson Stadium. It doesn't even exist anymore. A buddy wow. of mine, my best friend, was at this game, and I happened to be making my first penalty announcement of my career. There you go. And he caught a picture of it up on the Jumbotron. Okay. And uh, hold on. Why does the referee say else name as a referee? <laughs> well, well, this is a, This is a, This is my actual old CUSA game card from my first ever Division One game. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Wow. okay. 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 Not to dox any of the crew members here, right. but all great Woo! people. But this was a picture from the first. Reggie the ref experience at Robertson Stadium, you know. So, what was that at? What was Robertson Stadium at? In Houston, U of H. Oh, so they are, and they happen to be playing Grambling. Ah, Okay, so you got to see the band. Got to see the band, and hold on. So now you, as as a CUSA, in that Grambling band, come on the field. What 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 you thinking? Well. So, so it's <laughs> halftime. We're talking about what we got to talk about. Before we get to the halftime, I got to tell you about the makeup of this crew before I get to the band. So the way Gerald loved to work it, Gerald worked it where, you know, it's sort of, okay, here you are. Now go get it. Like yeah, he'd put right. people together like, okay, hey, sink or swim type deal. So <laughs> out of like my crew, like I think three of us had previously seven person crews. Three of us had previously been on staff out of the four people who were new two were working their first CUSA game. And I think two were working their first ever college game at any level. Imagine starting at that high at a level, but 
And so it was one of those things like, okay, you know, you know, was it, you know, you know, Gerald, you know, the crew, squeak crew. And so we got in, but we take care of what we got to take care of at halftime. I'm like, all right, let's go out and watch the band. So we're watching, you know, the band. Rambling gets done. You know, U of H takes the field last, of course. And, you know, they're in their routine. And everybody really, you know, enjoyed the Grambling routine, right? Of course. And now U of H, the home squad's out there now doing Uh-oh. their thing. You know, excitement had sort of, uh, you know, dwindled slightly. Right. Okay. <laughs> Is the game going to start yet? No- <laughs> yeah. And out of nowhere, the Grambling field, uh, the Grambling band just sprints back onto the field in the middle of the U of H routine. And they just start playing over U of H. And I'm thinking, holy shit, it's about to go down. <laughs> you know? Uh, and then they just jumped into this choreographed act with both bands. Right. Got you, and I'm right. like, this was pretty damn cool. Oh, that's <laughs> you know? Awesome. Got you, and it almost made us forget, forgot we, uh, you know, had another half we had to work. But uh, yeah, that was my, you know, first taste of the Grambling band. All right. So how? So now you transit. How was your first referee? So after getting graded, did you want to do that for continue being a referee, or you want to stay deep? Well, yeah, because it was a rush. I mean, it was such a rush, you know, to be able to. And again, I didn't have the. I don't have a decorated, like some people that like that I've been fortunate to meet in officiating. They've had the decorated career, like, you know, high school, small college, you know, big. I mean, they've had that decorated. I never had the decorated high school career. I mean, as a matter of fact, as of this airing, like there are high school assigners who will not assign me games in Western Pennsylvania, you know, you know, because like, Probably because of qualification, you know. Why is that? Hold up, hold up, hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Look who we got here. Whoa, whoa. The Godfather. Hold up, whoa, whoa. Y'all know how we do it on unofficial land. What's your name? I'm Mr. Mike, I didn't see this audible. This is an audible. It's a place to sit down. I'm Mr. Mike, Rich. I've been set up. <laughs> I just want to know what you got to say, man. <laughs> and I had to be sunny at the toll booth. <laughs> yeah, you know. Be- <laughs> <laughs> Where's the cannoli? You telling me you why haven't assigned? You said assigned going to the direction of assigned is not assigning you. Look, where were you leading to that before we got interrupted? Well, no, no. So basically, what I'm saying is, didn't have the opportunity to have that, you know, high school career that I'd look back on and you know with a, a whole lot of oh yeah these were the days sure I mean you know I enjoyed my time I enjoy the guys I work with but I've never worked beyond I want to say second round of district playoffs hold up it's like so it's like when it came to you know working you know bigger game that's all in college that's none of that stuff came before you know, never was not decorated in high school. And like I said, there are high school signers who, as of 2021, will not give me assignments, you know, for whatever reason. So, wow. for real? Whoa. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. They don't know what they're missing, huh? Yeah, here in the Pittsburgh area, absolutely. But, wow. uh, 
So, so, yeah. so, hold on, Reg, because this is how the unofficial lounge work. Okay, this is this this is it's very unofficial. It. It's, it's yeah. very unofficial. <laughs> right, and we, Reg, Reg, you, you have so much history. We haven't even been able to get into you get you deciding to go to the big. 10. How do you get in the conference? 12. USA to the Big 10. Wait, 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 wait. (laughs) But before we go there, we're going to have to sidetrack because I didn't hit everybody with a sidebar. We have the friend of the show, Mr. Chuck Stewart. Hey, y'all. With us right now. So be nice, Chuck. Be nice. Right, right. Chuck. (laughs) Chuck. And we have to tell everybody. We have to to tell Chuck. This is a clean show, Chuck. Right, this is Chuck, a clean we, show. We we trying to keep it PG, Chuck. Oh, is it PG or PG thirteen? Because I've already <laughs> let a couple go. Nah, them lazy ones. Them lazy ones. We, as long as they the F five. We got to tell. We got to tell Chuck PG. Everybody else <laughs> PG thirteen. <laughs> did did Reggie share with you my first acquaintance with him? No, he, he, he kind of glanced over that. Not in depth. Share that with them, Reggie. Let's see how it goes. <laughs> well, you know, somebody might have mentioned, you know, the social, you know, out of personal touch, you know, and, uh, you know, being 19 years old at the time. <laughs> That's still a questionable age. We still ain't verified that. We think you yeah. were probably about 17. <laughs> oh, man. Is so, that it, again, so, so, so Reg, Reg, let me, let me clean this somebody up Somebody had to buy the crown. Hold on. Let, <laughs> let me clean this up for you, Branch, because I understand where you're going from. So at the time, you may have or not have been 21 years old. I'm going to say Correct. you were. Correction. Yeah, he. Right. That, that, you that's were. some legality of his right. age at that point. Um, no, he, he was not 21. <laughs> <laughs> Well, in the statute of limitations has long since passed. Yeah, so yeah. we're talking twenty years ago. Right. And right, you right. you walk into a clinic that is ran by our oh, best dudes. friend. Oh dudes. our <laughs> best friend of the unofficial lounge of Chuck Stewart. Absolutely. I, I, I don't think what that's what let me let me correct everybody because I want to tease you, Reg. I want to tease you so much, but I won't. But I think that's where everybody miss when it comes to officiating. It's a fraternity. It's a it's a brotherhood. It's a. But Reggie was just pledging at that point. Right. They didn't know who he Reggie was. was. He was that's just right. online, but you you get introduced to the Godfather of them all, Chuck Stewart. He didn't know all that. At that time, that was one of the first camps we had. We had didn't have extra rooms. We had the bar and a little room on the side for the food. And you sat at the bar, and you had your food, and they had the drinks. Well, I think there's a limit, age limit of 21 years before you can purchase alcohol. (laughs) I I heard that. One of the campers wasn't didn't quite have that age factor, so right. we had to help. He would go sit at the table and I would go get the beer. There you <laughs> go. Take the beer to him. But, now, I don't recall. What was that campus name? Uh, I don't know. We won't, we we won't know, call no names. We won't call no names. I don't know if he's around anymore. Right. I think he's washed out. <laughs> right. We won't call no names, Chuck. 
But at the time, Chuck, you had another official that's a friend of the show getting getting the food, right? And that was Patrick, that was Patrick Turner. Patrick was there then. Patrick oh, yeah. had to go get the Subway sandwiches to bring to the event, right? Exactly. I would give <laughs> PT, he didn't have to pay the whatever it was, 300, 400, I don't know what we charge to go to the camp. If he would bring the Subway sandwich, and that's where the Subway sandwiches is on the side, and they go to the Subway sandwiches and come back into the bar area and sit down and eat and drink their beer or whatever they're going to drink with it. Right. You know, so mm-hmm. Reggie was stuck with a glass of water. <laughs> so, so Reg is stuck with a glass of water. But Reg, let's we, we talked about it a little bit, but now you you read May Rest in Peace, Chad Brown's book, The Meat Grinder, and you yeah. hear about this. But now all of a sudden, even though you know we know moms is uh uh you know Putting allowed you to travel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exposed yeah. to a lot more than you know somebody else at your age. How was it you you read the meat grinder and then all of a sudden you pop up in the middle of LA? You at UCLA. <laughs> what people don't realize if I don't care where you are in the country, UCLA is in the middle of Los Angeles. It's in the good part though. Right? It's in the good part. It's in the good part. Yeah. It's where Jose used to live. <laughs> but you pop up you're from the east coast Pittsburgh and then you pop up in the middle of LA after reading the meat grinder and you meeting all these guys that's on a part of it that's How right that? I mean you know I say stroke of genius you know according to Chad but you know he uh, you know that book you know got him in a little bit of hot water as you know as we know, but, you know, it's like his hot water, you know, it inspired me, you know, and I'm sure I'm, if it inspired me, it inspired some others as well. So, you know, it's like, I read that book in 48 hours and, you know, but one of the parts that I, you know, remember about it was, you know, at the very end where he talked, spoke about the camp, you know, he mentioned all the stories, you got to read about this game, that game, these players he, you know, been in, you know, Red Cash and Jerry Mark, right? Some of the referees he'd work with. But when he talked about the folks who, you know, put on this camp with them in the back of the book, that was like, okay, you know, he's mentioning, and, you know, otherwise I wouldn't have known who Chuck was at that point, you know, but again, it was the referees that I knew guys like Johnny Greer and, you know, people like that who were involved. And again, he was back East. So, you know, he helped me out immensely, but, you know, it was like being able to meet those guys it was like being awestruck, you know, it's like, okay, man, look at these guys. Hell, they made it up here to this level. And, you know, remember me guys like Al Jury, you know, held five Super Bowls. Five times. Yeah, he'll tell you five times. He'll tell you five times. He'll tell you. I mean, you know, you don't get a chance to meet me, but I think what, what struck me most about that camp atmosphere and experience was, how down to earth everybody was. Yeah. There are these what, guys working on Sundays and it's like, yeah, you approach them in the room, you approach them in the hallway in the elevator in the bar and everybody was approachable. Everybody, you know, was given of their time of their experiences. I mean, you know, Al jury, you know, he, he tells some of the best stories, 
but some of those stories had coachable moments as well. And, you know, he wasn't like the X and O type guy that you, you know, remember like from the clinics, but just from his experiences and others like that. So, you know, the camaraderie was great, but more importantly, you know, coming from, you know, you know, Pittsburgh and Western Pennsylvania, I, like I said, I was a second, you know, minority in my chapter when I signed up active to go out to UCLA and see a clinic where the majority, you know, look like me was just something that was, you know, I was awestruck. I'm like, Whoa, it's like where I'm from. I don't think this many, you know, African-American officials exist. Okay. You know, and, and then to be out at a camp, you know, where it was, you know, it was like, wow. All right. So Reg, l- l- let me tell the, let me tell the, People listening and everybody else. Reg, I'm going to apologize. We cut your story short, but we're going to get back to it at another date and time because we're going to get you on again. We got but, another Reggie the Ref episode? Yeah. Hold up. Reggie. Whoa. That's, but no, no. that's breaking news. <laughs> All right. Right. We got to get you back again. We got since we got to finish because we never got into no, no, the, we uh, ain't got big, there. Yeah. the big 10, but, but no, the but big you know, 12. No, no, no. But Reg, I'm gonna tell you this. This is this is why I'm saying this. Cause we not gonna get into because we going long on this show and we're gonna have to split you up in two because you started out so young. You, you so great. Hey man, yeah. Reggie's still no, in no, the no. early forties. No, no. Like Reg, Reggie still got similar. Correct. Correct. He was so he was so young, he's so great. <laughs> So He's we, still on a nipple. No, 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 no. But we haven't even been able. We haven't been able to talk about you getting into the Big Twelve and so on. And I, I su- surprise everybody with getting Chuck on the show right now. So Chuck, yeah. let me, let me, let me before Ashanti, before you jump on. Hold on, Chuck. Let me ask you a question. You have a guy that comes to your camp as Ashanti say. Still on his mama's. Still in his mama house. Playing. Quote me right. Still in his right. mama house. <laughs> I'm riding a buddy pass. <laughs> how, how is it for you, Chuck, as being a, a friend, the godfather of the unofficial loud show? How is it for you now to see Reg the Ref every single Saturday as being a part of college football and I mean, a staple of college football? I have mixed emotions. Number one, I'm extremely proud to see Reggie. And to be quite honest with you, Reggie handles a microphone better than any official, bar none, the NFL or college. But it also pisses me off that I'm not seeing Reggie on Sunday. I should be looking at Reggie every Sunday, not Saturdays. You know, um, I've had a few conversations with the league office and obviously they didn't do a hell of a lot of good, but uh, Reggie is without a doubt, and I'm not blowing smoke up his behind at all. He commands a microphone in a football game during that period of time, but in anyone else out there at this day and time. All right. Thank you, Chuck. Well, that's just being honest. Now, if he had a Southern draw, I would compare him to Red Cash. <laughs> he got go. draw, Chuck. I thought he from the South, but we nah. thought he from Pittsburgh. No. Nah. How he say holding? 
That is the black and all of us get that little talk like that. Everybody do that. <laughs> You're doing better since you left Alabama and came out here so we can understand you. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you were trying to You left Huntsville and we now can understand you because you left, left Huntsville. I yes, was from Huntsville, bro. Some gas in Alabama puts respect oh, my on bad. my name. My, my bad. You know, I'm not from Alabama. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, hey, I don't know if you got touched on this either, but Reggie officiated the first all black. Oh, did, you, did you do that game? Or was that Sean? No, no, no. That was uh, Larry Smith. That was Larry Smith. In, the, in yeah. the Big Ten. Yeah. You had yeah. one this last weekend. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 How was that? I mean, that was a. Had you ever been in a total black environment like that before? Uh, you know, it was, uh, no, it wasn't. It was my first HBCU, you know, experience. And, you know, the, the, the things we thought we'd have to worry about weren't even an issue. You had Eddie George working his first game. He was just focused. Didn't hear anything from either side. Didn't hear anything, you know, from Grambling's sideline at all. Quiet, you know. So, I mean, here and there they asked some questions. The experience was great. Fandom was great. Um, no, but just seeing what they're trying to do with that game now, you know, and, and I think it'll be something that, you know, our program, the COC will continue to, you know, get because it's right there in our footprint. They played in Ohio, but you know, it, it was great to get that aspect of the ball, the bands, the, the tradition. I mean, it's like, man, now I know what it seems like. I'm trying to make an announcement. I'm being drowned out by the bands. Okay. <laughs> that's just not something. And they don't and they don't care. They do not they don't care, care about what your I got to say. <laughs> right? Nobody cares what I got to say when the bands are playing. So it was a good experience. I had the opportunity to work two swag games, but they were at the Coliseum. And at halftime, I'm mean, as soon as I start the clock, I'm busting my butt to the locker room to go in there and sit down, write my files out and pee. I had never left the field both times, and I think they were out there over 30 minutes. But, you know, because nobody came to see the game. They came to see the bands. Right, 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 I right. was right there, the spectator, watching on the bench just like everybody else was. It was really amazing. And, you know, we don't get the opportunity to see that. You look at the games every now and then. But right. to be in that environment, that's something different. That I think that all minority officials should be having an opportunity to do. Like, I agree oh, no, with you, Chuck. Chuck. I, mean, I disagree, Chuck. I mean, look, you, you know, Shanta, you're a Cali guy. I mean, although we now know you're from Alabama, and I guess that puts you right there in the heart of it all. You know, maybe next will be SEC. Who knows? But, you know, you get to that point where, like, my geography, there was a time, Chuck, where I begged Johnny to hire me. I was begging Johnny, come on, Johnny, I'm not too far west. I read Pittsburgh's just a little too far west. And at that point, you know, I'm like, you know, Mackie was a New York guy working in, you know, a lot of guys came up through the, you know, MEAC. Mm -hmm. And it's like you didn't have that member state or that school in your, you know, state where you live. You know, a lot of conferences had that rule back in the day. So, you know, like I couldn't get a break in the MEAC, which I really wanted to work in. And, of course, in those days, you know, the SWAC wasn't an option for me being, you know, you know, up here in the north. So I, I think with college uh, football's done, as far as breaking down the barriers for geography that would say, okay, I'll hire a California guy into a league where, you know, schools are in, you know, Texas, Louisiana, and Alabama, 
or in Florida. Yeah, or in Florida now, you know, more and more. And so now you're going across the, you know, country to work a game and you know that, you know, 10, 15, definitely 15 years ago, you wouldn't have had that option. So it just shows conferences want to get the best people and sometimes the best people don't always live, you know, down the road from where there's a school. Hold up, Rez. So I want to get into that because I learned from Chuck the travel. And me and you had a beef before about the middle seat. You used to say if when you got the middle seat, you get you on the armrest, and I diff and I used to beef with you about that. Yeah, yeah, you know different <laughs> philosophies about the middle seat. You know the first goal is not to have one. You know, exactly. so right, get that first class. Don't ultimately don't travel the don't travel to airlines that don't give you a seat. We ain't gonna name no name. That's that's all uh, rich people I, options. I need to know my seat is five C. That's my seat. Uh, yeah. C. <laughs> you know, I, I try to have seat numbers, you know, that right. don't exceed the numbers of fingers on my hand. And, <laughs> you know, and it can exactly. be somewhere, you know, in that. So, so, so Red me, our beef was, Reg used to say when he got on, he, when he had the middle seat, he on both armrests. I said, no, Reg, you only, you picked one. And that was our beef before. And that's before no. I knew you was Reggie no. the ref. No. Well, I just thought, man, this is just no. a dude who just hogged the seats. If you got the middle seat, something went wrong. If you got the middle seat right. and you traveling by yourself, something went wrong. <laughs> now that I mean, know that. That means you travel on an airline you shouldn't be on. And Reggie never explained either, to me that. Either that or you didn't get to bed at a reasonable time the night before. <laughs> and you just got to get home however you can you know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly so so we talk about the travel we talk about the travel and and monty when you when when you edit this you better put this in people don't realize how important travel is this is the first time that i got on the plane and they told me hey yo yo seat is to the left he had a pod monty. everybody else is going to the right he had a pod. Your seat is to the left. So normally when you board a 787, the Oof. front part of the plane is limited to you unless you get in first class. Oof. Right? Oof. I, when you normally board, you go to the right. That's yes. where I normally sit. Yes. Craven had a pod. And I Oof. and he sent me that picture. And I wanted right. Reg, I wanted his his screen or the malfunction. Uh. And he did something and he said something that made broke that brought a tear to my eye. He went to sleep before. He can let the seat down. Before I can even lay flat, <laughs> I was asleep. Oh, wow. You didn't even have a chance to have a cocktail? No. No mimosa? No. No. Mary, no. 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 <laughs> and what people don't understand, and I thank Chuck for being on this call, he enlightened my life to first-class flight in the lounges and Cravon oh, and Reggie the same of, hey, build your mouths. F- pick something. Don't fly that flight roulette. Be- when that's when you broke. Don't be a part. We ain't gonna name <laughs> the airline. Cheap. Don't we ain't gonna name the airline, but don't be a part of the cow herd where you got a letter and a number of when you get to get on the seat and, and Reggie, get on the play. If you're in a okay, you're on the same flat with somebody that you know, and you're in the lounge. You right. tell them I'm in the lounge, meet me at the, you know, meet me at the lounge. Yeah. Then you hear a slight commotion up there. That there are four people up there. 
you can't get but one other body in the damn lounge. How you gonna bring all your friends <laughs> in there with you? I don't know what you're talking about. Hey, I don't know what you're talking about. I can't. Outside. I left the lounge. I don't know what you're talking about, people. I don't know what you're talking about. Hotels. How you going to do that, Chuck? John Sally's. You got to start stop hanging out with these John Sally's, Chuck. You know, they're all yeah. them Hey, Chuck, you yeah. just said it. We can only get two people in a lounge. If you're the third person, you out. 29 bucks. That's what it is. 20, that's a $29 cover charge. Yeah, it's just cheap. <laughs> cheap ass. Gotta pay. Hey, but the hey. drinks are free, right? Right, the right. Drinks and the food are free. Just make sure you drink enough. Food is free. They're not making money on me. If I had to pay 29 bucks, they're not making money on me. Yeah. So. No, yeah, yeah. no. My, my membership annually costs them money because I make up for it. Yeah, because because I'm the guy. I don't know about Reg and Chuck. I don't know about y'all, but I'm the guy on the flight home. I may stop in the lounge and hang out for a minute before I go to my car. That's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> I go to the lounge. On the flight out, I go to the lounge. I go to the lounge all the time. No, 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 no. no and Chuck, your destination. No, I'm talking about you at the on your land. You get off the plane. All oh, you have okay. to do is catch the shuttle to your car. I'll stop at the lounge before I go to the shuttle to my car and hang yep. out for a minute. Hey, I have to tell you this. <laughs> when Chad and I would go together, we closed the lounge up, man. <laughs> 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 you know, we would close it up. And in them days, they even gave you premium drinks in those days. Now, you know, you have to get just whatever they have. Right. Yeah. Oh no, I've done that many days. Hey Chuck, you 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 gotta pay for the Baileys nowadays. The Baileys. They make you pay for Baileys and the yeah. Baileys. Yeah. Admirals. You, pay, you have to yeah. pay eleven dollars for Baileys and you get you free on the plane. Baileys. And it's free on the plane. Yeah. I I be drinking I mean, Evan Williams now. <laughs> Admirals Club? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, see I go to the Sky Club. The Baileys is coming. Elementary, man. Oh, Come on over. Come <laughs> on over. In LA. Yeah. So hold up. So Reggie, so how was that travel? Now, now you're not going to those southern cities. Now your your flight times less. What what are you doing to make sure you keep your perks? Well, sometimes you got to bite the bullet and just buy a first class seat. There you, you go. Know, if you there know, you, go. you know, and I say this, you know. If you see that it's you know just within a reachable, justifiable amount more. Correct. Right. See, when I knew Reggie, he was getting on middle class seats. Look at him. Hey, Reggie. Look, look how life changed. Reggie, her own. Reggie, I'm gonna back you up. I'm gonna back you up. I'm gonna back you up, Reggie. I had I had a game this past weekend. We ain't gonna put. We gonna talk about yeah. your first class. Please don't bring up no, no. your first class flight, bro. No, no, no. But it was ooh. I can get home early and pay a little extra money for first class, or I can stay here and get home late and not pay for I paid for first class. Yeah. Some you gotta do it. Right. You know, but I'll tell you what, where you really got the hard decisions is you're on this later flight and you've already been upgraded to first class and now you have a chance to get home a little earlier. But you got to do it in coach class. It's like the <laughs> the later flight, 
because you got first class, or do you go with that, that earlier? That's a no brainer, Reggie. You take the later flight. <laughs> no, now what you got a problem at is if you have somebody flying, if you have a spouse flying with you, right. and you're upgraded and they're not. Right. Yeah. So what do you do, Chuck? What do you do? You, you, it, you do it, it all depends. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a couple of times I've let my wife sit up there, but eighty-five percent of the time I'm sitting there. Okay. So I'm going to work. She's just going to relax and spend right. money. Okay. You know, so hey, it's a no-brainer, man. If you want a drink, I send it to you. <laughs> or y'all and y'all rich people problems, man. I man, I'm so mad. RPS, rich rich people problems, man. I man. Hold on. We ain't going to keep everybody too late, but Reg, we got to get you on the show again because guess what? We ain't touched upon all of your experiences, but I had to get Chuck on the line. I had to get him on a call because we don't get to do this often where we can just drop somebody in, especially a friend of the show. This has been Reg, great. Reg, we going to get you on again. Chuck, I really appreciate you jumping on last minute and surprising everybody, but Everybody, this is what the unofficial lounge is all about. This is what hey. we do. This is very unofficial. Hey, Patrick's on the phone, call the people. This is hey, what we BG, do on the unofficial I'm lounge. On, on a podcast with Reggie, Ashante, Monte, and Cravon, and they said hello. This <laughs> 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 is very unofficial. This right. And, and, hey, we and we don't want to get him fired because we would get, we would get. Patrick, turn on a call right now, but we can't we do that. To get Not during fired. the league. Not right, during the season. Right. Not during the season. Well, Rez, hey, man, I, miss, I, I, I wish you success this season, and it's great thank to you see you on TV, man. You, 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 guys, thank you. Hey, he said, thanks for not getting it fired. Now, I'm going to step off. And Reggie, you're going to have a good time, man. Trayvon, we're talking to you. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right, Chuck. All right. All right, Reg. Reg. Guys, this has been great. Thank you. Right. But. Anybody that listen to our show that don't get nothing from this, even from your first part of it, I mean, you traveling from East Coast to the West, Reg, I really appreciate your time, man. Reg, I learned a lot from you, Reg. Reg. Appreciate you, bro, and I wish no, you much no, success. No, no joke, man. Thanks, fellas. We really appreciate you, and we got to have you back on because we only got half of the story. I want to do it. Let's, right. set, let's set it up, and uh, but... Reg the Ref is coming back for part two. We don't know when it's gonna be. It may be season four, people. But Reg the Ref, <laughs> Reg the Ref is coming back for part two. Because guess coming what? Back. We didn't get to all of it. We didn't get to all of it because we was blessed upon having the Godfather, the friend of the show, Chuck Seward on the line with us. But Reg, we really appreciate you. Have a great season in the Big Ten, and we appreciate you in the Big Ten. Allowing us the opportunity to have you on the show. Thank you. Thank you. Reggie the ref. That boy good. That boy good. <laughs> that boy good. Right. Turn off the record. On the next episode of the Unofficial Lounge, we have SEC official Chris Sneed, one of the people who helped architect the center judge position. You know, we tinkered with a lot of things. We tinkered with the center judge being on the on the um, scrimmage kick, on the defensive side of the scrimmage kick for field goals and, and punts at one point. I mean, so there was a lot of things that tinkered that first year. It was really an interesting, interesting deal. So we settled on, you know, I felt like it was kind of cool because I got to be part of the, 
of the the, the process for you know what are the what are the mechanics you know when we right. first started You're one of the architects of the right, center right. judge position thank you for listening to this episode remember to please like and subscribe as the unofficial lounge is available on all your podcast streaming outlets including apple google spotify and anchor we look forward to you joining us next time in the unofficial lounge